I just thought it'd be good to talk about the passage that I quoted earlier, which is the kind of precedent for what we've done today in dedicating these children. And it's from the book of Mark. It could have been from several other books, actually. I just happen to have chosen the book of Mark, chapter 10, verses 13 to 16. So I'm just going to read that to you, first of all. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. But the disciples rebuked them. When, the, when Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and blessed them. Lord Jesus, I pray that as we look at this passage today, that you'd speak to us. Would you open our understanding, help us to hear, help us to see more of Jesus today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So it says that uh, people were bringing their children to Jesus so that he could bless them. And the wording here has the sense of parents offering their children to Jesus or dedicating them back to God. Now, some people baptize their children. Uh, We prefer to leave that until they're a bit older and they can make their own decisions. And wouldn't it be great in a few years' time if we could all get together again in this room, perhaps, or some other room, and see each of these children make a decision for Jesus and decide to get baptized? So that would be good. There's another opportunity to do that in the future. But this passage is about why we dedicate children But it's also part of a much bigger story about Jesus wanting to make it easy for people everywhere to come to him and for us to be blessed by him. So there's more than one meaning in this passage. So over the next 20 minutes, I want to take a closer look at this passage and share three things that it teaches us about Jesus. And the first one is this, that Jesus wants everyone to come to him. Jesus wants everybody to come to him. You know, it's amazing that after all this time, the disciples still didn't really get Jesus. You know, they've been around him now for about three years. They've heard all his teaching. They've seen how he's acted with people. They've witnessed all the miracles, but they still didn't quite understand what he was all about. I mean, if they had, why would these parents and their children have irritated them so much? They should have known that Jesus was always interested in people, whoever they were and whatever they'd done. In fact, the only people that didn't seem to get along with Jesus were the professional religious types, because they just seemed to wind him up, and I have a sneaking suspicion that they still do. But see, for the disciples, I think in their minds... It was just that children weren't important enough to bother Jesus with. You know, at this point, Jesus was at the height of his popularity. He was a real celebrity. He was growing in influence every day. And there's no doubt about it that in the culture of the day, 
the Israelites had a very clear pecking order with children being very near the bottom, which is why it's all the more interesting how Jesus uh, responds and how angry he gets when his disciples try to stop these parents from bringing their children to him. He says, let the little children come to me. Don't hinder them for theirs is the kingdom of God. It belongs to them. And what we probably don't understand with our kind of cultural filter is that Jesus is turning social convention on on its head at this point. Because first of all, Jesus publicly rebukes his disciples, the adults, and his close followers. And he publicly honors those of a much lower status, the children and infant children of that, uh, that, and they're the lowest of the low in, in their thinking. But then that's just like Jesus. You know, Jesus who spends most of his time with the poorest, the sickest, and the most despised groups of people. Jesus wasn't interested in being a celebrity, hanging out with all the right people. You know, even his message consisted of things like, come to me if you're tired and weighed down with trouble, and I'll give you rest. Or he says, come to me if you're broken down and depressed, I'll lift you up. Or come to me if you're thirsty, I'll give you a drink. If you're hungry, you'll be satisfied with me. You see, Jesus doesn't mind how people come to him. He just wants them to come. And you know, for the followers of Jesus here today, there's a bit of a challenge in this. It's something that we need to remember, that this passage is one of the few occasions where it records Jesus as getting angry. And he says, how dare you hinder them? He is angry when he says that. And what he's talking about is how dare we hinder the poor, the broken, the messed up, and the most sinful people of society. How dare we, the followers of Jesus, be the reason that people are stopped from coming to him? That's quite a challenge, isn't it? Because, you know, I reckon that even today some of his disciples still don't get Jesus. I still don't quite get the extravagant of his mercy, extravagance of his mercy and grace. So that's the first point, that Jesus wants everybody to come to him. And secondly, Jesus wants to make it easy for people to come to him. Now, I don't know if you've noticed that uh, whilst he rebukes the disciples, Jesus pays the little children an amazing compliment. He says, The kingdom of God belongs to such as these. He goes on to say, Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. It's quite serious, isn't it? And he's addressing the adults. He's saying, look, look at the children. They are the example. He says, you have to be like a child. You have to be childlike to really get what I'm about. Because if you don't, you're not going to be able to enter into my kingdom unless you follow their example. What does this mean? Well, it doesn't mean that only children can go to heaven. <laughs> You'll be relieved to know. But, there, but rather that it's something to do with their example, which we need to follow. There's something about the way that children are that shows us how easily that we can come to him. We just had a great example there of Anna. You know, she didn't sort of sit nicely because everybody's watching. She just ran for it. She was just there, wasn't she? No holding back. That's children. That's what children are like. And, you know, in this passage, um, 
the children, it says, uh, were brought to Jesus by their parents. And you can't get any more simple than that, can you? In coming to Jesus, how much more simple can it be than your parents bring you to Jesus in that way? Jesus wanted simplicity. That's why he pointed to the children. It was to do with simplicity of faith. And you see, we adults, we can make things so complicated sometimes, can't we? You know, children just aren't like that. They don't tend to weigh up the pros and cons so much. They see something they want and they go for it or they shout for it. But one way or the other, they're going to get it. I saw a great example of this uh, recently. I don't know if you managed to see it, but there was a little boy who wanted a, a closer look at the Pope. I don't know if you saw it. It was absolutely brilliant. In fact, what I've done is to bring a copy of the film to show you because I just thought it was a great illustration. He managed to get onto the platform and then he just went to the Quando abbiamo visto quelle quasi 400 bare coloro, una doccia nelle nostre case. Che spesso si trasformano in piccole fraterne specie quando gli aiuti di Stato sono insufficienti i nostri armadi poi si svuotano dei vestiti ma nello stesso tempo le nostre vite si riempiono di grazia e pensate che stasera ho dormendo il mare era molto agitato diritto di vivere piangeremo per questi nostri morti e continueremo a pregare per loro come ci ha insegnato lei plays the part of the Pope's assistant. You need to get out of the way, son. Isn't that beautiful? I don't know how he got there. I mean, how did he get past the security guards? It could have been a security risk and all sorts of things, but there was nothing that was going to stop him. There's plenty of videos about this on the internet, and on one, he throws himself at the Pope and holds onto his legs and won't let go. A little bit of an awkward moment as the Pope slightly topples and the cardinals try to remove him, but he just won't be stopped. He doesn't do social convention. Children just don't. They see something they want and they go for it. They don't care what everybody else thinks. The world media looking at him, they just go for it. And that's what Jesus is getting at. That kind of simplicity, that kind of, I'm going to go for it. The message is the same today. You know, Jesus wants all of us to come to him, but it's not complicated. We come to him in the simplicity of a child and he will bless us. Now, I wonder... I wonder if you would like to be blessed by Jesus today. Now, perhaps you'd like a touch for him or a breakthrough in your life. I just need a touch from Jesus. I don't know if you know this, but Jesus wants to bless people. 
It's why he came. He says right at the beginning of his ministry, he says, I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. And another version of that verse says that they may have a rich and satisfying life. I've come that you may have a rich and satisfying life. How about that? So the rest of our time, I just want to talk about blessing. I want to talk about God's blessing because, you see, God wants us to enjoy life. God wants each of us to live a rich and satisfying life. And you think, well, I thought Jesus came to sort of put down a list of rules and things I couldn't possibly live up to. No, Jesus came to do us good. He wanted us to live a rich and satisfying life. That's what it means to bless. See, the word that Mark uses when he describes Jesus blessing the children is the Greek word from which we get our our English word eulogy. And so to bless is to eulogize, which means to praise or to speak well of or to cause another to prosper or do well. In other words, to make somebody happy. Isn't that lovely? When we speak well of people and make them happy. And the verb that Mark uses to describe this blessing tells us the kind of blessing that Jesus gives to the children. It has this sense of fervent or extravagant praise. How about that? How about Jesus speaking over you and over your life in that way? But you see, blessing has always been God's intention for mankind. Now, right from the beginning of time, it's always been a big part of God's plan to bless people. So, for example, right at the beginning in Genesis chapter 1, just after the creation of the world, just after God has made man, God speaks his first words to mankind. And these are the words. It says that God blessed them and he said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Blessed, blessed, be blessed. Enjoy the world that I've made. And there are so many other examples throughout the Bible of God blessing mankind. You know, on one occasion, God even blessed a whole nation. He spoke to a man called Abraham, who was the founder of the nation of Israel, and he said to him, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing, and all the peoples on earth will be blessed by you. And God has done this the blessing that he gave Abraham, because of course it was through Abraham and through his family that Jesus would eventually come and be born as the saviour of the whole world, God's greatest blessing to the world. But it wasn't just God who blessed people. Throughout the Bible, others too have followed God's example and blessed others. And so rulers would bless their subjects Husbands would bless their wives. Hey, wives, any wives here that would like it if their husband would eulogize and bless them? (laughs) Speak wonderful, beautiful things about you? There's no wives here that feel that way, so that's great, guys, you're doing all right. Husbands would bless their wives, parents, their children, and priests especially were given the role by God of blessing his people. 
It says, in effect, God says, in effect, to the priest, the blessing that you give in my name, priests, I'm going to underwrite. He says, if you bless the people, I'm going to bless them through your blessing. So I want you to see, just simply today, that God really wants to bless people. And he wants us to do the same. It's just like he's done from the beginning of time. And grandparents and parents, you know, you can still bless your children as we've done today. And just a little story, when my son was little, uh, most of you uh, may not know Sam, but Sam had the most terrible stutter when he first started to talk. He could barely string a sentence together. The, the stutter was quite bad. And um, he went for therapy and all this kind of thing. But uh, do you know what? I believe that the reason that he doesn't have a stutter today is because we blessed him. We spoke over him every night. We prayed over him every night as we went to bed. So, Lord, bless him. Bless his development. Bless, bless his health. Bless his mental development. Bless his speaking. Because we want him to be a man that speaks for you. We blessed him. And you know, bosses, you can encourage people that work for you and believe in them. Teachers, do you know, you've got such an important role in shaping the future for these children. It's good to bless people. And, it, and if you have any doubt of that, then think about some of those times when people, especially, it seems, especially authority figures, when they've spoken negatively to you, when they've said the opposite, when they, and you felt the effect of their words on your life. Now, when I was at school, there was a teacher who decided to take me to one side, for my good, presumably, and just say, look, Rob, you've just got to face up to the fact you're never going to make anything in your life. You're never going to do well. You'll probably never pass an exam, so you just as well give up. That was a nice teacher. I love her now. But you know, those words can be very powerful. And you can start to think, oh, well, so-and-so said that this would happen. And you kind of believe it. So how powerful is the opposite of that when we bless people, when we bless people that we are responsible for in particular? But of course, the ultimate blessing is not to do with wealth, health, or success. These things are good. But how many people know that you can have all these things and still not be happy? You say, well, I could do with a bit more money. <laughs> yeah, but how many people know, looking at some of our celebrities, they've got all the money in the world, but they're still not happy? So the Bible tells us about a far more significant blessing that we all need to know. And it's recorded for us in one of King David's Psalms. And it says this, Psalm 32, David says, Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them, and in whose spirit is no deceit. Now, King David was an incredibly successful man. He had enormous wealth, he had influence, he had adulation, he had praise from people, but he did something terrible. You know, he used that position of power to arrange for a man to be murdered so that he could get his wife. And he thought he could got away with it, but he got found out, and his punishment was great, it was awful. But he sought forgiveness from God, and he got it. And the peace that he found, he says, was worth more than all the money and riches and influence of the world. So he writes, blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven. The ultimate blessing is not money or success. David's testimony would bear that out. 
the ultimate blessing is a clear conscience and to know that our sins are forgiven. There's just nothing more wonderful than that. And this is why Jesus came, and it's what his message is all about. And he says that if we come to him and confess our sins, he'll forgive us and we'll find peace. All we need to do is to believe. So let me conclude with this, that Jesus wants us all to come to him. It doesn't matter who you are or what you've done or even how you've come. Jesus has made it very easy. He wants us all to come to him in, in the simplicity of a child. And you know, when my children need something, they don't hesitate to ask. Now, it might be, Dad, I need a hug, or Dad, I'm worried about something. Or more often these days, Dad, I need some money. But they don't find it hard to ask. And we can come to Jesus just like that too. Or perhaps it's for you, Jesus, I, I need help. I need your forgiveness. He'll give that to you. But whatever the reason is, he will bless you. He wants to bless you. And that's what we've seen today. So as we come to a close now, let me ask you then, what kind of blessing, I bet you didn't expect this today, did you? But what kind of blessing do you need from God? That's the question I just felt like God wanted me to ask you. What kind of blessing do you need from God today? Perhaps you need God's ultimate blessing. Say, Lord, please bless me and take away my guilt. You know, in a moment I'm going to pray a short prayer, which you can use to do that if you want to. Just get things right with God. Get them on an even keel. Or perhaps, I just need blessing today. You know, sometimes life is tough and it takes it out of you. Things are going wrong. Things are bad. I just need some blessing. I need God to encourage me, to speak some good over me. Well, in a minute, I'm going to speak a blessing over us all. And uh, I hope that you're going to get some encouragement from that. Or perhaps you need a touch from God. Because you know it says that the children were brought to Jesus, he touched them, he put his hands on them, and he blessed them extravagantly. So blessing doesn't just come through words, but it also comes through touch. I'm very willing for us to do that today. You know, if you need healing, for example, if you need God to touch your body in some way, or you need God's intervention, or just to be filled with the Holy Spirit again, you just need refreshing from him, very willing to do that at the end. But first of all, I just want to speak this blessing over you. I I discovered it. Well, I've read it before, I guess, but I never really got it. Um, Sorry, I'm not a Church of England man, so I didn't have this richness of background. But I just discovered this blessing in uh, Numbers chapter 6, verse 24 to 26. And it's going to come up on the screen for you in a moment. But just look at the words of it. The Lord bless you. And keep you. Do you need keeping? The Lord make his face to shine on you. You know, sometimes we can think God is angry with me. No, the Lord's face shines. You know, you see a face shine. It's when they're bursting with love and they're beaming at you. The Lord be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Do you need peace today? That's what God's blessing. And this is the blessing that it says at the end that if you priests say this blessing, I myself, God, will underwrite it and I will do it. So is that okay if they say that over you, those words, and I've sort of read them to you and you understand them? Would you like to stand up? 
And what I, I want to speak it to you first, but the Bible teaches us that we can all bless one another. So after I've done it, perhaps you'd like to just say it as well and turn around and look at some people. And then we're going to go to stage three. We're just going to go for it today. And we're going to receive that blessing. We're going to change the word you to us. So the Lord bless you and keep us and just receive that blessing from God. Is that okay with you? It's all right, I'll lead you through it. Don't worry, you won't get lost. I'm going to say it first of all. So I'm going to say, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen. Amen. So would you like to say it now back to me and to one another? That would be great. Then I can get blessed too. All right. So we'll say that the Lord bless you, keep you, and make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. Lord, turn his face towards you and give you peace. Brilliant. That's good. You're getting good at this. Now let's receive that blessing because it's not only good to give, it's also good to receive, isn't it? So let's just say the Lord bless you and keep, the Lord bless us. Is that okay? It's all right if you say, God bless me. Well, we do it when we sneeze, don't we? Uh, God bless me. So why not now? All right. So the Lord bless us and keep us. The Lord make his face to shine on us and be gracious to us. The Lord turn his face towards us and give us peace. Well, give yourself a round of applause. You did very well there. Can we just stay standing? Just bow your heads for a moment because I just want to read this prayer. uh, You may want to pray if you just need God's ultimate blessing. You know, you just need that forgiveness. You need to come to Jesus. You just need a bit of help to do that. So I'm just going to pray this prayer. And in your mind, because God can hear our thoughts, just say the prayer with me. I'll read it quite slowly. Here we go. Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for the things that I've done wrong in my life. I ask for your forgiveness. And now... I turn from everything which I know is wrong. Thank you for dying on the cross for me to set me free from my sins. Please come into my life. Cleanse my conscience and fill me with your Holy Spirit. Amen. I'd love it if you could speak to me if you've prayed that prayer afterwards and I'd like to talk to you a bit more about the step that you've taken. I just want to pray for you now. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you that you have made this amazing invitation to us today. That we can come to you. I want to thank you, Lord, that you've made that so easy. We just have to turn to you and you're there. I want to thank you as well, Lord, that you want to bless us. You've not come to hurt us, to harm us to be angry with us, to condemn us. But Lord, you've come so that we might find you and know peace. Lord, I just pray for each one here. Thank you for the reminder of that, that gospel message. Lord Jesus, I pray that we would come to know you more. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen.